This is the Marketing Workshop, Episode 3. Today we're talking with Kat Love from EmpathySites.com. We start by hearing all about Kat's purpose for starting Empathy Sites, and then we dive really deep into content marketing and email marketing. We've got a great show for you. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Marketing Workshop with John Clark. Grow your audience, serve the world. All right, Cat Love, I am so, so excited to have you. Cat um, is the bomb.com, and Cat <laughs> may or may not have put me up to saying that, but it, it just happens that I believe it. So um, I was happy to throw that in there because it's true. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited to have you on. Um, why don't we just kind of kick it off and, and you can tell our listeners how you got to where you are, how you started EmpathySites.com um, and just just kind of uh, let us get to know you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Um, I started Empathy Sites actually after having already built a therapist uh, custom websites um, for a few years. And I decided um, when I wanted to start something new, a new career, um, and I wanted to start doing website design, I decided to specialize in therapist websites because I love therapists. Like, I think they are, they are the bomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> we and, appreciate uh, that. Yeah, no, I just I've done so much transformative healing work myself yeah. as a sexual abuse survivor. Um, I needed a lot of support um, throughout my young adult life and also still today. And it's just amazing to me how how there for other people therapists are. And I just am so grateful and decided to specialize in that. Your, your purpose is so clear and I love how you have, um, you have that just front and center on your website. I think there's so many services for therapists out there right now that are, and it, therapists can just get bombarded with it, right? There's everything from SEO, let me run your AdWords, let me build your website. And, um, it can feel really intimidating, right? Or kind of impersonal. But what we do as therapists is so personal. It's so intimate that, um, I just feel like that really sets you apart. And so I, I, I just think you're doing something right there. Oh, thank you. You know, it wasn't actually like a strategic move or anything. It was, um, not many people know this. I've, I've told, I've talked about being a sexual abuse survivor before, but not a lot of people know that, um, the first ever time that I shared publicly that I was a sexual abuse survivor was on my first website design website where I was, um, you know, offering service to therapists. And I think just the, just knowing how awesome therapists are and that they wouldn't like freak out or like act weird about my story, like that gave me the strength to like start talking about it more openly so yeah, it was like a really big step for me and, um, I'm just so grateful. I can tell it's still, you're still connected to those feelings in a big way. Um, what was it like once you had put it out there and, and really taken that, that chance? Amazing. I mean, I feel like, mm. um, I feel like part of my heal, like part of my healing journey has been greatly impacted by, by having this experience of speaking out 
and being heard and um, no harm coming to me from it. Um, Cause I think that was, I don't know about all survivors, but for me, I had a very distinct fear of, of um, something bad happening to me mm. if I started speaking about it. So that was that emotional reaction of um, that just in, intuitively, it felt like something bad is going to happen if I, if I speak out about this and it, and it didn't, nothing bad happened when you spoke out about it. In fact, you've maybe felt some relief um, right. and, and you just are kind of owning it as part of your story, which I think is really, um, really pretty, pretty inspiring. And I, I mean that totally genuinely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, like I said, I just, I love that you're so connected to that purpose. This work means so much to you. And I think that comes across in, in the, the services that you provide for therapists. Um, it can be really easy, I think, as therapists to get disconnected from our purpose. Why did I become a therapist in the first place? Why do I want to do this work? You know, um, and, and how do I even convey that through something like my website, which, um, you know, in, in, in our age today is such a big part of your, um, the impression that you make on clients and potential clients. So, um, so yeah, I know you care deeply about that and about making sure that a website represents a therapist. Um, Tell us a bit how you do that and, and why why a great website is so important to promoting a private practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with what you were saying about um, it being important that uh, like who a therapist is, is reflected in their website. Because if you think about it, that's what helps you attract your best fit clients um, through your marketing. Um, you know, your best fit client isn't going to want to work with you because of your credentials. Your best fit client isn't going to want to work with you because of, you know, something that's like cold or clinical or sounds like every other therapist. Um, they're really looking for their best, best fit as well. Um, and so if you can like put yourself out there in a really truly authentic way, um, that's going to be the absolute way to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And like, so in terms of, um, your other question, which was why a website is important. Um, I think, I think my, there's a lot of reasons, but I feel like the one that I find to be the most central is that it helps you build relationships, Mm -hmm. um, and, and really emotionally connect with, um, with your potential clients but also with your referral sources, which is often a forgotten about audience uh-huh. of your digital digital presence. Um, you know, you want to get those um, referrals coming in as well. So you have those two audience audiences to kind of um, connect with and build relationships with. And a website is a perfect place to do that. So how, how do you do that? How do you capture both given that you you might have two different groups of people, a referral, potential referral source and a potential client looking at the same page. How do you speak to both of them? And how how do you help therapists um, accomplish that, um, that message? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you think about what a referral source is looking for in a professional that they would like to refer to, um, you can kind of think about how um, they're going to want to refer to someone who is client focused. 
So you don't actually need to go out of your way to talk to them. It's more about showing how how there you are for your clients. Um, you know, like if I was a, a wellness practitioner and I wanted to refer my clients to a therapist, a local therapist, um, I would probably go out of my way to find therapists that are professional, that have their stuff together, you know, and that are really, that are really going to take care of my, the people that I refer. Like, I don't want them to just, you know, yeah, be unprofessional. (laughs) I think that's like a huge um, concern for any time that you refer to a mental health professional. So if you can create a website that really talks to your talks and cares for your, um, ideal and best fit clients, then that'll kind of also draw your referral source in as well. That's awesome. I, this, you know, a website is so often the first impression for potential clients or referral sources. And I, yeah, I've never thought of it this way, but I love it that, um, having that professional presence, like a really impressive presence, um, it really conveys that you're going to be cared for. And that's what people are, are looking for. Um, that's so paramount. And also, I think it's really tricky to capture that, right? Especially when, you know, you do it yourself, especially when you're creating your website yourself, or really, you're writing your website copy yourself. That's, that's really kind of hard to capture, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, it's totally challenging. And I, it's really funny, because I still like I, I'm a professional website designer. I write for other people. I help with with their digital strategies. But for myself, I often find myself reaching out to other professionals for help because it's so hard to do for yourself. Like Mm. you're, you're like inside of yourself and you can't get out. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Yeah. Like you need kind of like you let that outside influence and that outside point of view, um, just to, yeah, just to help. Well, and we all we all want to know kind of how others see us, right? And that's such a mm-hmm. that's even a big part of therapy is that clients really want to know how do other people see me. Um, you you developed some really interesting tools that I've uh, that I've um, tried out um, that help therapists at least get started on writing. Um, is it's either an about page or a home page? Um, tell tell us a bit a, a bit a bit about sorry that tool um, and and how we can use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had made a homepage copy generator and an about page copy generator. Um, I've since um, taken them down and I'm going to be because I'm using a lot of the um, like kind of formulas that I was using in those um, to develop a copywriting service for therapists. Um, but yeah, they um, basically the idea is that there's kind of a, an, a way, uh, a, a formula that you can use to um, kind of walk your clients through the journey of just discovering you, to becoming more aware about you, to becoming interested in reaching out to you, yeah. and then the final step, which is reaching out to you. Um, and there's um, there's a there are a few ways that you can approach it, but I've kind of been working on my own um, and. Yeah, I'm going to cool. be really excited to share that. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see what um, what you come up with, with with that stuff. I think it's so needed. Um, and I know one thing that you, you also will um, have said a bunch of times is, 
is not using psychobabble, which we are so guilty of um, in, in writing our website. So really reducing that, speaking directly to the client, using plain language, language that really connects with the client's experience. Um, all that, th- those are such good critical points that we need to consider. And I think the other part is, you know, for therapists who are writing their own their own copy, just consider it a work in progress. You know, you can come back, you can revise it, you're going to want to revise it later, um, and it's going to be this kind of living <laughs> entity. Um, and it's okay that it's a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we were going to dive in a bit today into um, uh, a, a, a bunch of different ideas about content marketing, um, a little bit about design and why that's so important in terms of how, um, how a website visitor actually interacts with your website. But um, I, I, and I've told you that your content marketing is really great. Um, you always add a personal touch to the beginning of your emails. And I always feel like when I'm reading it, I'm like, this could be, is this directly for me? I'm like, is I make this cat? are we just talking right now? Like, is this, like, did you write this email just for me? Is it for everyone? But the fact that I have that reaction, I think says a lot about how you're able to, um, to, to, to do it well and give it, um, and, and make it feel kind of intimate, right? So um, let's dive in though. What, what do you want to share with us about content marketing and um, maybe even start by just kind of defining that? Like, what are you referring to when you talk about content marketing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Oh, and I'm, I'm also so happy that my emails have that effect. Yeah. I actually get, I actually get people replying to my emails like, like I'm in conversation with them, which I absolutely love. Like I think I, I'm going to start. Get, I'm just going to start yeah. telling you about my life and my oh, I love my, it. My cats and <laughs> um, this walk I took in the woods the other day, the lunch awesome. that I ate. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. <laughs> uh, and there's something special about getting it in your inbox too. I think so. Um, You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of what content marketing is, um, content marketing is, um, I like to think of it as like the most central or important piece of any um, inbound marketing that you would do um, in, a, in a digital marketing okay. strategy. So in, inbound so, marketing, meaning something you're sending directly to your audience, right? Something that you are using to attract your audience gotcha. instead of um, instead of like interrupt them or like a it's inbound marketing versus outbound outbound marketing. Outbound marketing is like ads, like Google ads or um, Facebook ads, and uh, any of the social media platform ads. Um, also, um, yeah, like I guess these aren't real, that relevant anymore. But like you know, putting your ad in the yellow pages and sure. uh, th- and newspapers and things like that as well, print gotcha. print ads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas inbound marketing is more so like ha- like discovering how to help and inspire people in such a way that they want to enter into your space, and they also sh- there's also this kind of viral quality about it that people want to share, um, your content as well. And so it's more, um, it's like a grassroots, like you Hmm. get into the community and like infuse your, your generosity. Um, and so that's kind of a long way of explaining what content marketing is. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. How did you learn about this stuff? 
Um, you know what? I feel like I am a, a content marketer, like by nature. Yeah. Um, like it just really aligns with who I am and how I help. And, um, I'm really big on researching. So I just, I just throw myself into huge research projects. And then what I discover, I love to share and I love to teach other people. Um, and so, um, that's, I mean, I teach about content marketing um, now, but I can also, but my content marketing itself is also a sort of teaching, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. So for, let's say for a therapist um, who's listening and maybe um, is just getting familiar with what content marketing is all about, maybe they just have a Psychology Today page and a website, um, but but maybe that's all they're doing. Where Where do you start with all this? Um, that's a really good question. So I think the first step is to do research because okay. I love research, but, um, and I'm yeah, go I mean, if say you, that most therapists are not going to like that. We, we don't, we don't want to do, re- <laughs> we already did research in graduate school and now we, we just want to make money and help people <laughs> or help people make money. Um, yeah. maybe, but okay. So we, we have to get over that and we need to do some research. What, what do we need can, to research about? It can be fun research. I mostly mean, and it's not, not just like, it's not like reading books. It's like, um, go onto the internet and see what other type of content other therapists are putting out there. And then while you're doing that and you're observing other therapists putting content out there, kind of track internally what really excites you. Like if you put yourself into the shoes of a therapist who has a really popular blog, um, does that kind of, if you envision yourself in their shoes, is that something that's exciting to you? Or is that something that's like, oh my gosh, that's going to be such a drag to write a post every week. And like, um, cause, because content marketing isn't just blogging. I think right. that's also a big myth yeah. that people have about that's content good. marketing. You don't have to blog. If you don't like writing, you don't have to do it, but you, you do want to find another, uh, form of media where you can put yourself out there in a consistent manner. Um, and the other kind of two big, um, media formats that you could explore are audio, like podcasting. You can go on to, um, you know, iTunes and, um, search for podcasts that are, um, about therapy topics and see if that's something that resonates with you. Um, and then you could also look at video and there are lots of different ways that, um, therapists are using video. They can use video like as like on their websites as kind of a, a, um, like a, in a blog vlog format where they are kind of sharing the content that would be written down, but they're, they're sharing that in a video format. Um, and then also YouTube channel, like YouTube is like its own platform in and of itself. If you want to approach it that way, that's another way to do video. But yeah, I mean, these are just like a handful of ideas. There are so many ways that you can create content. And I think in the very beginning, it's about finding what excites you mm-hmm. and um, using that as your first um, try into creating content. Yeah, because it's so easy to get overwhelmed, right? Um, and even just the word marketing, I think, uh, provokes some anxiety in, in therapists. And we have to get past that. 
what I love about what you're, what you're saying is that um, it's really about finding what is going to play to your strengths, at least in the beginning, right? So if you if you feel pretty comfortable on video, then video might be a good place for you to start. If you're a pretty good writer, you like blogging, it's it's something you enjoy doing, that might be a good place to start. So what what you're saying is that there's options and that therapists can really just find a good starting point um, uh, that, that works for them in the beginning and, and try that for a bit. Um, yeah, totally. You, you mentioned, um, I think you used the word consistent at least once, if not more. <laughs> why, why is it so important to be consistent with this stuff? Um, kind of for that reason, like when I was talking about why websites are important, I think that relationship building piece of a website is really helped by that consistency. So that means that whatever content you're putting out there, people are um, seeing it again and again, and, you know, like week after week. And it's kind of like hanging out with you, you know, it's kind of like getting to know you over time versus, um, you know, just walking into a room and saying, Hey, everyone buy my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Use my services. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it would be nice, I guess, if it was that easy. But it's also not the way that we like to be treated. If you think about it, like I don't respond well, if somebody just if I meet them, and then a minute later, they're selling me something, um, I would much rather get to know them a little bit. So um, having that consistency uh, shows uh, allows that to happen. And it also um, helps with people just knowing that you're there, like they know that you're there for them. Um, yeah, that's, that's really yeah. great. And that it's a really nice parallel to what we do as therapists, right? Is that we build a relationship and we provide um, consistency in that relationship for someone who is, you know, dealing with their suffering or dealing with, um, you know, something difficult from the past or whatever it is. So when you really simplify this and talk about content marketing, you are creating a relationship, um, with your audience. Um, and, and through doing that, you're building trust, right? That's part of what, what happens as a result of, of communicating and doing it consistently, right? Is that you build trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of research to back this up as well. Um, that a lot of times, uh, people won't, um, reach out to you or buy from you the first time that they come into contact with you. They're just becoming aware about you. Um, and they're not ready to, uh, take that next step. Um, and I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but a lot of studies, um, say something like five, five to seven times, uh, someone has to like be exposed to you in some way, um, before they feel comfortable with, with, uh, reaching out or making a purchase. Um, and so the, and it can be a combination of things too. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, blog post, blog post, blog post. It could be that they also see, you know, your post on social media or they hear somebody else talking about you. Um, so, um, that gets a little bit more advanced though. <laughs> In the beginning, start out with, with an, a, a very simple, very um, minimal uh, content media format sure. and um, you can build from there. The key is that you're creating that familiarity and you're not making a hard sell or a sell of any kind uh, right off the bat. So let's say um, 
just to kind of play this out, let's say that um, you're a therapist and you are trying to grow your email list. Um, and let's say you've got that email list and it consists of both current clients and people who have kind of opted in, or maybe you have a great opt-in on your website and there are people who might be considering counseling or might be considering counseling with you. Um, but they're not sure yet. Where, where do you, where do you go from there and how do you navigate, um, you know, building, building that trust? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about the consistency part, which is in email, uh, marketing, super important, um, because you're showing up in their inbox, um, which is a very, um, it's like an honor to be invited yeah. into somebody's inbox, well, you know? So yeah, to an, to an <laughs> inbox or an email address that's actually active and not your, right. for your, for junk mail. Right. So you have to honor that and right. See it as an opportunity to provide something of value. Right. Yeah. And I think it's about really following through with your promise. Um, if you, um, you know, if you have a really great opt-in gift that you're giving, that's great. But after you send that to them, you still want to follow up with um, further help. Um, and there are lots of different things that you can put inside of your emails. Um, a, a popular kind of more minimal um, way that you can start out is by um, writing some unique, um, you know, two or three paragraph message in each email and then having a click through to your latest piece of content. Okay. Um, something like that is very easy to implement and it can integrate really well with um, another form of content marketing that you're doing. Why would you do that over, let's say, just um, just sending out, let's say, your recent blog post, right? So for you know, for a therapist promoting their practice through their email list, wh why would you um, why would you go that route of 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 doing that that kind of almost like a letter, like you're writing a letter to your your subscribers and then linking to your content versus just linking them to your content. Um, I personally feel like it's has to do with that, like being invited into that space. Like I feel like email, like if you think of the emails that you like opening, you know, like maybe a friend that you met while traveling who you haven't heard from in like three months and you are really curious about how their job interviews went because that's the last thing you heard from them. And so then you're like opening the email and you're so excited. Like you want to kind of make your marketing human. And the way to do that is to, to, to approach, um, approach things in a way that isn't just about sales and isn't just about, Oh, I need to get traffic. So I should, um, put a link to my, my website. Um, so I, I think that anything that you can do that feels true to who you are, um, and that also, um, makes what you're doing more, more human and more connection focused is actually going to be the more effective route. That's super helpful. Um, and I think therapists will connect with that idea a lot of just, um, just being yourself, right? Um, and that's where that personal touch that I see you adding um, really comes in and is so important. Um, so let, let's say so you've let's say a therapist has started uh, a new campaign. It's a new email campaign, um, and they've started to uh, send out a few emails. How do you know if it's working? It's a very good question. <laughs> um, so most 
email marketing software that you would be using to uh, collect your email list uh, subscribers into a list and to email that list. Uh, most of them will have a um, some sort of reporting. Um, and in these reports, you can find a lot of data about the behavior and activity and um, even some sometimes some personal information like where they're located <laughs> in these reports. So you can mm -hmm. see all of that in your, um, there's usually like a report per every email that you send. So um, a really um, good, uh, good um, analytic to keep an eye on in these reports is the open rate. And so the open rate is usually a percentage um, and it's the percentage of people that have opened your email. Um, and then the other one is the click-through rate, right? So then um, from these types of numbers, you can figure out how well are, how well are your sub, subject lines uh, gotcha. performing? Okay. And then also how how well is your um, email content converting um, from a reader of the email to a website visitor? So so obviously your subject line is going to be really important because that's the first piece of uh, of information that your reader is going to see. And then they make a decision whether or not to read on, to open the email, read your content, and then the last step would be to click through to your website or read some some rec a recent blog post or whatever it is and um and take that call to action that you're putting in there um if let's say your numbers are not looking good how do you how do you dissect that and how do you kind of troubleshoot um what you're doing based on those numbers mm. yeah and it, i think it also depends on what you're putting in the emails mm -hmm. the emails themselves don't necessarily need to be like click through website traffic increasing things. Um, sometimes the value of an email is just the email itself and um, seeing that people are re receiving it and opening it and reading it. Um, and um, that can also be a value in, a, in and of itself. But if you are, um, whenever you're trying to improve something in your marketing and you're looking at data, um, I think the best thing to do is to focus on one problem at a time. Um, I think often, um, often people that are trying to do marketing will kind of take too much of a zoomed out look and then get really overwhelmed and be like, oh my God, nothing's working <laughs> and like freak out, right, <laughs> and right. Like not know what to do next. Um, but if you if you kind of zoom in on one particular thing that you want to improve, then it'll allow you more space for that analysis that will actually um, result in, in um, giving you some information that you can act on sure. um, and you can, you know, make it, break it down into small steps and schedule it. So it's not going to be like a big thing. Um, so in this example of, you know, having an email that you're sending to some, to your email list, um, you're tracking the open rate and you're clack, tracking the click through rate, I would say choose one of those uh, points of optimization. Um, and so say, uh, for instance, maybe you want to open want to increase your open rate. Um, there are a few ways that you can do that. Do that one, um, Thing that I would say to do first of all is to go through and look at your all of the emails that you've sent and try to um, pull out the subject lines of the highest performing emails and kind of try and, and analyze, okay, what was I saying in these subject lines? What kind of content was it, was it about? What season was it? Because um, there's also some 
other like external factors that can also affect um, open rates. You know, like if everyone's on holiday in a certain week of August, but you sent an email, there might be a dip in your open rate. So um, that's why it's really a good idea to like zoom in because (laughs) otherwise there's just too much to think about. But yeah, so once you have that list of like your, your like two or three, four most high performing subject lines, then you can try to come up with a hypothesis as to why they were high performing and then try to reproduce it, um, reproduce the results. And then, um, and then keep tracking cool. um, as you gotcha. go. So it, it really is, there's a bit of trial and error involved in all this, right? It's, it's, it's not scientific. There, you're going to have some numbers to work with, but you are going to have to make some inferences, right, about, um, about what's working and what's maybe not working so well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I would be really curious um, – as to what it would be like to even just ask some people on your email list how they're receiving or, or perceiving your um, your emails, right? Or even if you have if you're a therapist and you've got some clients who've been with you for a while, and uh, you might even just ask them, "Hey, are these emails um, you know are they helpful? Do you enjoy reading them? What would you like to see?" Um, stuff like that, because I'd be really curious just to get into the minds of of, of people kind of directly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great that's a great idea. I think that when you approach any type of like um, kind of market research, a really good question to ask is what's your biggest struggle right now? Um, and then you know frame it as you know what's your biggest struggle right now in your relationship or like what you know, what's really present for you right now. Um, and when you get answers to questions like those, that can also help inform, inform what you do and what you write about. That's awesome. This is all super, super helpful. Um, I know we had plans to talk a little bit about um, kind of design uh, of your website and why it's so important. And um, it'll be hard to encapsulate that and really do it justice in the few minutes we have left. But, um, you know, if let's say if your if your purpose for your email marketing is in part to get people to your website or to get them calling eventually or buying a product, then um, w- once people get to your website or just in general, when when potential clients are on your website. Why is design so important? And, and how do you, um, how do you make it um, a, such a priority in, in the, the websites that you design? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, design is really important because it's visual. It's like how to visually communicate and also, um, communicate and also be strategic at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's good design is based around that identity piece of who you are and representing what you care about and how you care about people. Um, but then it's also about knowing your business goals mm-hmm. and designing a site that will help increase, increase your, um, increase or meet your business goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a lot of therapists that I, um, I'm working with now, they're, biggest priority in their business is to get more clients and to get more, more of their website visitors reaching out to them. And so with the design, what we can do is make sure that we visually emphasize, um, uh, 
their primary website's call to action, which is usually um, for people to reach out to them for a free consult call. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you use design uh, to emphasize this, it'll be easier for the website visitors to discover that that's an option for them. It'll be clear to them how to do it. Um, and just removing that friction, um, and those kind of barriers that can arise with, oh, you know, like, uh, how do I do this? Or how do I reach out to them? Or I don't know their phone number. Like, these are all things that can keep uh, website visitors from reaching out. Sure. And so anything that you can do to re- reduce those barriers is, um, is going to increase the number of website visitors that reach out to you. This is so, um, this is so great and so essential. Um, and it's probably even enough for therapists to listen be listening right now and to take some action on their website. So, you know, basically what you're saying is that design is, is not only, um, critical for making your website beautiful and attractive and encouraging people just to, to visit and to stay on your website and to keep, keep reading and engaging with your website. But then it, it is, um, from, from kind of a user, um, perspective, it is critical to make sure that um, a website visitor knows exactly what they're supposed to do next on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when they know what to do next, they have plenty of opportunities to take some sort of action, which, like you said, for most of us, it's to call. It's to call or to email or to set up that first appointment. And when you make that super clear to them, the chances of them doing it go up, right? It's just really... Um, it's just really obvious what they're supposed to do next, and you have multiple ways to um, to get in touch. I think it, it's such a, a simple idea, but also something that I think a lot of therapists overlook, especially if you maybe you did your own website or just use a template that doesn't have a lot of built-in calls to, calls to action. Um, but even just looking at this, or, or for our listeners, just looking at your website right now and, and trying to evaluate whether it's clear for a, a visitor as to what they should do next. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like go through your website one page at a time and ask yourself, if I was visiting my website as a client, as a potential client, what would I want to do next? What would I want to do next from here? And is that clear? Like it is the therapist that made this website making it easy for me to do that thing. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Um, there's so many so many takeaways from from our talk today. Um, it's so easy for therapists to get overwhelmed, especially when it comes to marketing or tweaking your website. You know, all this stuff is a work in progress. But I think if you can just focus on, like you said, just focus on one thing or focus on one type of content marketing for say the next thirty days, um, or focus on you know making sure you have some clear calls to action in on your website. You are going to you're, you're going to find success. You're going to get ahead. You're going to get your phone ringing more, and and that's what so many therapists are looking for. But what I, what I really like is that you've broken a lot of a lot of this down into okay, this is just this is where you start, and you start and you kind of figure it out as you go. But you don't have to know it all. You don't have to do it all at once. But these are some things that would be good to think about if you want to see more results in your private practice. Yeah. Um, do you have any other kind of little concrete actionable tips that you want to throw in there for therapists who are um, looking to promote their practice? Um, yeah, I think we covered so much. I mean, I think too, it's just, um, that kind of 
self-judgy part I see coming up for a lot of therapists where they're like, oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this good enough. Or, you know, like I, I'm scared to publish my first blog post. Um, you know, and I feel like there's, there's a huge value to doing that piece of the work as well. You know, because I feel like in private practice and in business and in entrepreneurialism, um, it's not just about, you know, like, oh, let's check the data and then act on whatever that data tells us to do. It's also about, you know, the the personal journey of of of, of personal growth and development um, and um, t- making sure you're kind to yourself and yes. taking care of taking care of you. I Take love care that. of you. <laughs> what would you say for those therapists that are struggling with that right now and, and have that, that kind of defeating self-talk? How, how do you help therapists through that? Mm, I say find a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Which we should all be doing. Uh, yes. Um, I mean, I feel like this is perfect stuff for, for bringing to your therapist. Like, I feel like it always, like, for me, as a sexual abuse survivor, I find myself again and again challenged with things that are... Um, you know, triggering my sense of of self-worth or my sense of confidence or lack of confidence. Um, and so I feel like a lot of these things I have brought into the therapy room and felt so much relief um, because you guys are awesome. So, you know, <laughs> that's my, my sincere advice for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, we all have those those inner critics and they're going to come out when we do this stuff and when you are tweaking your website or trying something new and I think yeah, we we practice what we preach in these situations. We practice mindfulness, we just notice the thoughts, we we don't have to buy into them, you know, and feel worse about ourselves and we talk about them whether it's, you know, like you said with your therapist or another th- or a friend or another therapist um whatever it is, you, you just work through those things and make sure they're not hindering your ability to, to move forward. Um, um, e- even when things don't feel good enough. So that this is all just such amazing stuff. Kat, you've offered so much, so much value uh, to our audience, to, to all the therapists listening. Um, wh- what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you and, um, and what can they expect when they, when they get in touch with you? Oh, yes. Okay. So I am on Twitter at Empathy Sites, and I am also at EmpathySites.com. And I, my favorite thing is talking to therapists. So if you're interested at all in uh, discovering how Empathy Sites could help you with your website, um, go to EmpathySites.com and there's a big green button in the upper right hand corner uh, that's offering a free 20 minute consultation. And I would love love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Um, again, Cat Love from EmpathySites.com. Um, check it out if you haven't already and make sure you find a way to connect with Kat. Cat, um, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. Kat's purpose for doing what they do is so clear and so meaningful. I think we all have to strive toward uh, really connecting with our why and, and staying connected with that purpose for why we do what we do. We covered a lot of ground today, and I want to encourage you that as a private practitioner, just find some place to start. It's so easy to get overwhelmed in this work and when we talk about uh, new marketing strategies. So just just take a bite-sized piece of what we talked about today and see if you can apply it. See if you can even apply it for 30 days and then go from there. 
So if you haven't already, head to privatepracticeworkshop.com. Right now you can sign up for the Business Basics Workshop entirely free. This workshop helps you figure out exactly what to do to run a really tight ship in your business so you can focus on the big picture stuff like getting more clients and serving your current clients. I'd also love it if you would subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and do me a huge favor and leave us a review on iTunes so that more people can discover what we're all about here. All right, that's it for this week. I'll see you next time. Thank you.